and welcome to the Celtic View podcast. It's Celtic View reporter Martin Diel here and we're into the second week of the season for the View team. We've got another cracking issue of the magazine for you this week and here with me to tell you all about it is Celtic View editor Paul Cuddy. Hi Martin. And my fellow View reporter Mark Henderson. Hi Martin, how are you doing? Ryan Brown, thanks very much for asking Mark. Guys, how are you doing and uh, can you give us a flavour of what you've been up to this week? Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's as you know, Martin, it's been a bit of a, a production storm. Uh, I don't think people quite realise it as well as the view. We do the match programme, so we did last week's view. We did the programme for Wolfsburg. We did this week's view. We've got the game against Lincoln, and then we've got the Leicester City game on Saturday. So it's been full on for, and as it always is during the season. Um, I've also been celebrating my 50th birthday, so uh, that, that's been the personal highlight for me. Congratulations. So, um, thanks very much. So I, I do feel my age now. Um, in terms of, of the view in the podcast, obviously for the, the Celtic Celtic, that's the team for me section. I spoke to a supporter liaison officer, John Paul Taylor, who's a familiar face and a familiar name to, to many people, and he's got some great Celtic memories to share. Brian, that sounds like a good read. And Mark, yourself, what have you been up to? Yeah, as Paul said, Martin, plenty of work over the past couple of days with all the publications we've been working on. Um, I spoke to, first of all, Kieran Tierney out in Gibraltar after the disappointing result uh, we had there. And, you know, Kieran, as ever, was very candid about the game. And, you know, he spoke really, really well about, you know, obviously bouncing back in the second leg and about his aims and ambitions for the season. Obviously, a meteoric rise last season for the club. And, uh, he feels he still needs to prove himself again so really interesting again to speak to Kieran also caught up with Andy Hinkle for our fans Q&A uh, a favourite here during his time at the club very highly respected by the supporters according to all the questions we got from the fans tell us just a wee bit about that Mark how do how do we they do the fans Q&A it's through the Twitter isn't it? yeah yeah um, which is now approaching 10,000 followers in the Celtic View uh, Twitter account Martin which is really really encouraging great to see the fans participating and you know really wanting to feel part of the magazine and, and get involved so that, that's been fantastic and uh, lots and lots of questions so fans can you know we're going to be running these throughout the whole of the season uh, next up's going to be Mark Crossas as well and you know fans have already been getting in touch with plenty of questions for Mark for that feature so you know it's something that the, it's, it's a way for the supporters to really engage with the magazine yeah. and, and that's it, just at Celtic View on Twitter isn't it? Yeah yeah at Celtic View on Twitter so if anyone wants to give it a follow please do uh, it's a really good way to, keep, to get in touch with the magazine about any news features Mm -hmm. and also just to give some feedback and and what's in the magazine every week so uh, hopefully some more fans will get in touch that way Brilliant Um, So yeah I spoke to Andy uh, for that who's always a really nice guy always talks highly about his time at the club and uh, really really fond memories uh, of his life at Celtic Park and finally I spoke to Patrick Roberts as well for the Leicester City programme Uh, and you know he's talking about how he fits in the new regime here at Celtic under Brendan Rodgers Mm -hmm. and obviously a bit about his growing bromance with <laughs> Kieran Tierney who Kieran also talked to me about that as well so I thought I'd bring it up again with Patrick It's certainly a story that's captured the hearts and imagination of the, the Celtic support, certainly online anyway um, Well I mean that all signals a, a packed magazine guys but I've also spoken to Sadie Yanko this week um, obviously Sadie had a terrible period of injury last season but he's come back from that at the tail end of last year and he is now relishing life under Brendan Rodgers and here he talks to us about his hopes for the season ahead When you first joined Celtic it was almost like a a false start for you in the sense because you got injured and you had to spend so much of the season out 
yeah. we discussed before in the Celtic view how much of a hard time that was for you. Now that you have this clean slate, what are your personal goals? Yeah, to play as much as as many games as possible, obviously, and do well. Is it that that yeah. simple? Yeah. <laughs> Um, how do you intend to do that? Is that a case of trying to impress the manager or focusing on things in the gym? No, not really. Just yeah, impress the manager. Just all around good performances. That's it. If you perform, you play. I mean, the, the landscape of the right back slot at Celtic has kind of changed now that you are fully fit. You've also got the return of Daniel Fisher from his year on loan at St Johnston and also Anthony Ralston's a young prospect coming through. Yeah. What's that like that environment like to work in just now? It's good because we're we're teammates but also we push each other, you know, everyone wants to spot. Mika is back as well now, so um we're all uh, pushing for the spot and I think that's good that keeps us going, keeps mm-hmm. us on the front foot. Were you surprised at all when the manager you know, consistently started you in the pre-season and also started you against Lincoln, given the fact, you know, Lustig was the, the stick-on first yeah. right-back? Uh, no, not really, because, uh, as I said, he likes young players, he likes to develop them, and uh, I did well the first game, so he, he told me I deserve to play it. Okay, and that's just, I think it's something you want to continue for the yeah, rest of the season? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I think he's a fair manager, he's going to, to change it up as well, so and, uh, I think that's good for everybody. That can maybe act as even more of an inspiration, because you know you have to perform then to retain yeah. your place. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So it's not, last year was kind of, uh, we played the same team uh, over the year, mm-hmm. and uh I think he he changes it up more a bit. So that was Sadie Yanko there talking to the Celtic View about his hopes for the new season ahead under Brendan Rodgers. Uh, Paul, what have you made of Sadie's return to action for Celtic this year? I've been quite impressed, Martin. Um, I mean, he's obviously it's well documented. He was so unlucky last season. Thought he, you know, when we signed him and he showed great promise. I always remember seeing him up at Tannadice and he just seemed to be bombing up and down that stand. We were in the commentary position for Celtic TV and we were very impressed. But really, really unlucky. Missed most of last season and that must have been really frustrating for him. Um, it ended up Mikel Lushley kind of made that position on his own. There was no challenge. But I thought he's looked really lively in pre-season and you know the manager's certainly given him his chance. Partly because Mikel, you know, he was late joining us back after the Euros. Mm-hmm. But again, I, what I quite like about that is that you know you get your chance, and you know, one person's misfortune is your fortune. And I think he's really seized it. And you know, I think it's quite encouraging for him, and certainly for us, that we've got another top class and right back in the making. Yeah, I mean, Mark, you were there for uh, the the second half of the the preseason tour, and you saw three out of the four games. What did you make of Yanko's early preseason performances, and what you've seen of him so far? Well, like uh, what Paul said, really impressed Martin. I, I think um, what you can see those raw attributes that he has in his game. Searing pace, you know, he can get forward, get back and, you know, defending a bit like Didier Agat, you know, he's got that pace that allows him to get back and, and atone for, for any mistakes or if there's a, a, a you know, a defensive situation that requires him to get back, he can do that. But also going forward, he's that kind of Brendan Rodgers fullback, you know, he, he gets up the park, full of enterprise, always willing to join the attack. And if you look at a lot of the goals we had, I think, particularly in the Ljubljana game, uh, you know, he was involved in that Lee Griffiths' first goal there. So I, I was really encouraging for 
for him. And, you know, I think people forget he's still a young player, Martin. He's only 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Obviously arrived here from Man United with a, quite a big reputation, but he's still learning the game. And when you've been out for a year through injury, it's going to get take time for him to get back to his full match sharpness and up to, to game speed. And I just think he's just going to get better and better as the season goes along. And, yeah. you know, just hopefully he can stay fit. And uh, I'm sure we'll see uh, a really top right back as we go forward. But, um, yeah, I mean... As we're talking about a young guy coming to Celtic and, and missing a nearly a whole season with injury, but he's quite a quiet guy, Martin. He I don't is, know what yeah. you you, um, you came across. Is that the sort of sentiments you get when you speak to him? He's quite a quiet, reserved person. Yeah, when I, when I was speaking to him at Lennox Town, he was um, most of his answers to the questions that I was asking were pretty simple and straightforward. And I think to kind of touch on what you were saying there, after being out for so long, he seems to be the kind of guy who's just. Uh, re-evaluated what he's sort of wanting out of football, certainly at this time uh, of the season, he just wants to play as many games as possible and, and try and improve. Now obviously he's got the benefit of working under Brendan Rodgers, who's a manager who's got a background in youth development, so that was Yanko's first ever major injury, so I'm sure Brendan will know, the manager will know exactly how to kind of uh, nurture that and, and bring him back and give him full confidence, but moving forward, I think when you look at the, the whole kind of right back slot and the people that Yanko is competing with I think he gives us a different option because he's got that strength as well as the forward play to his game and I remember last season when he started I think he played against Rennes in a friendly he just out muscled uh, sort of international attackers totally took them off the ball and then sprinted up the pitch so he gives us that different option going forward I mean he doesn't you know, whenever you obviously even hear him, you said he's quite direct and quite straightforward. His answers, I, I get the impression he doesn't lack confidence. Which I suppose, if you've been at Manchester United and then you come to Celtic, you must have that. But mm-hmm. I'm interested how obviously he's he's very keen to to develop under Brendan Rodgers, and a lot of the young players I think have been saying that to you guys. But I think it's one of the hardest positions to fill back because you know he is bombing up the park, but he, obviously his first job is to defend, and it's particularly when we play against better teams, he needs to be back there as well. And I'm sure that's what I'm sure that's what the manager's going to be telling them that yeah. fine helping us, but you have to make sure you're back as well. You can read that in the the magazine actually this week because he he talks when you see the full interview about how he's a defender first and foremost, and that's what the the manager wants out of him. So as we've all addressed there, you know he has that positive forward play about him but it'll be interesting to see over the coming weeks how much of an emphasis is actually put in defence so here's a question for you then because right? <laughs> you've mentioned the four guys who are, are vying for position right? who's right. your who's your first choice that's a tough one tough one um, and that's just bearing in mind that Brendan Rodgers might be listening to your answer on the podcast <laughs> can you get two picks <laughs> I don't think that's how football works man <laughs> right I'll, you, you're the editor you go first I mean I think in terms of experience uh, I think a lot of managers do it then obviously you're t- talking somebody like Mikael Lustig has been over the course who knows what it's like to play in these big games and I think once you know given the fact that he did miss the start of pre-season then they're obviously you know slowly bringing him back in my guess is he would probably be the first choice when everybody's fit but it'll be between him and I think Sadie Yanko will certainly be his biggest rival in that position yeah I'd probably agree with that Mark what do you think oh, I think so I think you have to go with Mika at the moment um, you know played in the Euros for Sweden experienced full back been at the club for many years performed at the highest level so it really is his spot at the moment uh, even though he's not played in the pre-season games we have mentioned there obviously he was injured for Sweden so you probably would expect Mika to come in but you know there is fierce competition for places and it's a clean slate for everyone at the club mm-hmm. and if Brendan sees really 
real impressive performances from the likes of Sadie Yanko, Darnell Fisher or Anthony Ralston as well who I know was really impressed in pre-season too then you know the manager's not afraid to pick players in form so we'll wait and see what happens but it can only augur well to have so many good competition for places in that area of the team and I suppose the you know the point that, that Sadie Yanko made to you was the manager he feels like Brendan Rodgers is more likely to, to mix things up that maybe we had mm. a more settled or they, they felt it was a kind of more settled team in terms of personnel but they all feel that the manager's going to mix it up so that must give them optimism a of, yeah a bit of inspiration for the season yeah, ahead yeah. well there you go say the Yanko the gauntlet has been laid down by the Celtic View team can you use up Mikael Lustig as Celtic's first choice right back <laughs> need to wait and see but you can read the rest of that interview in this week's Celtic View which is in shops now and available online for more information on that visit the CelticFC.net official Celtic website <laughs> This is the Celtic View Podcast. This week's Celtic View is out now. And as always, it's packed full of exclusive content. Brendan Rogers sits down with the view for his weekly chat, and the manager looks forward to the clash of the champions against Leicester City this weekend. We've got a great competition to win a pair of tickets for this Saturday's International Champions Cup game against Leicester at Celtic Park. And Kieran Tierney talks about the challenges ahead for him as he looks to build on an incredible debut season for the Hoops, while Sadie Yanko discusses the battle for the right-back position. And our former German defender Andy Hinkle is the latest ex-Celt to answer fans' questions in The View. All this and much more in this week's Celtic View. It's on sale now and available to buy in stores, or you can download the digital version. Patrick, thanks very much for joining us. I know you've been out there training and an unusually sun-kissed day here at Lennoxton. Was that a bit strange for you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, only a couple of days ago, yesterday was uh, was like overcast, cloudy, even raining. So, yeah, today, now I put the shorts on this morning, I got in the car, come in, and it's been a, a lovely day out training, so it's been good. Um, so, obviously, a bit similar to what training was like in Slovenia with the, with the heat mm-hmm. and the humidity. Um, how, how's pre- season going for you so far? Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, been here for for a while now. It seems like it's been forever, but now we're getting there gradually. I mean, pre, uh, pre-season in Slovenia was good. And then we got back. We've had, obviously, the Champions League qualifier game and the game against Wolfsburg. Uh, and we've got the game on Wednesday, of course. So, no, it's been good so far. And we've had a load of games in. And, uh, no, it's, it's, it's getting there gradually, yeah. So how long does it really take for you to get your, your match sharpness back? Yeah, I'm not sure. Obviously, you have a, a month off or so, and so you don't kick a ball properly for for the period of that time. So it's just all about getting, obviously, 90 minutes in and 45 minutes, and it's just game game related uh, things, really, because you can do a lot in training, but it's not the same when you go out on the pitch uh, on a match day. So, no, we've had, we've had uh, six good games, so... No, we're getting there, and I personally myself, I feel I'm getting there as well. So that should be a good start to the season, hopefully. So your first uh, full pre-season at Celtic, and obviously a lot of new changes as well with a, a new manager coming in and Brendan Rodgers. Have you found found life under the, the new uh, hoops boss so far? Yeah, no, he's been he's been good. He, all the boys have taken to him. He's obviously he's played been at Chelsea, Liverpool, Swansea, got Swansea promoted. He's nearly won the league with Liverpool. So obviously he's got. 
big experience behind him and he, he's been teaching the boys uh, an awful lot in his uh, short time he's been here so far. And uh, no, he's, he's been great tactically, he's a, he's a great manager and technically gets us gets us improving as well. So no, it's been a it's been it's been good to have him here and hopefully we can kick on uh, to the start of the season. And uh, as a young player, I guess you'll be well aware of Brendan Rodgers' track record in developing young players such as Raheem Sterling at, Sel- uh, at Liverpool. Sorry, so I guess that's that must be also encouraging and augur as well for yourself and players of that age. You know, he, he can really take you to the next level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was obviously at City when uh, Raheem Sterling obviously went. I was in the changing room. And obviously, you can see how he's progressed through the years and uh, obviously the manager he was the manager of Liverpool at the time so now obviously now it's good to see things like that it gives a lot of uh, young boys a chance especially the ones here so I've got a good bunch of young players obviously as they win under 20 the league every every year non-stop so now there's, there's, there's good youth here and It'd be, it'd be good for Sarah to have him for further years as well. Yeah, now, talking about bringing through young players, another young player at Celtic is Kieran Tierney, someone you stuck up a, a bit of a firm friendship with. You would yeah. Tell us about that, yeah. how that's developed. Yeah, I don't know, it's just, that's the next one to change him. I get on with him since I come. He's the same age and he's, he's similar to me in the way he, uh, the way he is as well. So it's nice, it's nice to have Katie around the building. So, no, I get on with him really, really well. So, no, he's a good lad as well. And uh, he was telling me in pre-season you, you're a bit of a singer as well, is that true? Yeah, I can sing a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm not bad. I think he'd, he'd tell you I'm, I'm, I'm half decent, which is, uh, which is always nice to hear. And, uh, yeah, I'm not bad, but... Yeah, I say I'm not bad. Right, OK. Um, I won't ask you to give us a song just now, <laughs> uh, because I, I, I wouldn't want to put you on the spot like that, but... Uh, so what sort of music and uh, stuff do you like, then? What, what... Uh, I've everything, really. I mean, I used to... My mates at home, obviously, I listen to rap and all that. But then I also like just slow, slow music as well. I'm, I don't know why that is, but I'm a, I'm a varied genre artist, I think. So, now nah, I like most things, apart from probably opera or something like that. But and um, when you play against a, a team like Leicester, as, as an English player playing up here in Scotland, does that give you a bit more motivation to really go out and mm-hmm. and show your best ability? Um, it can do, yeah. But then at the end of the day, it's all about getting getting the minutes in the tank and obviously towards the start of our season, which comes up <laughs> fairly quick. And, uh, no, yeah, Leicester did great last season, so it's always nice to stick one of the champions of uh, England. But, um, no, it should be a, uh, an enjoyable game. Patrick Roberts there, looking forward to the Leicester match on Saturday. So, Martin, what did you make of what Patrick had to say there? I thought it was quite interesting, Mark. Um, the most notable thing was near the end of the conversation where he, he said he still wants to win, even though it is a friendly. still has that wee kind of competitive streak in him because he's going to be playing against an English side, obviously the English champions as well. So be interesting to see, you know... If Patrick does get a shout against the Foxes, how he performs and whether he does have that wee extra spark about him as an Englishman. Well, I thought it was interesting as well, Martin, uh, what he told me for the Celtic view as well, or sorry, the, the match programme, uh, that he, while this will be a big game for him, he doesn't feel he has to prove himself because he is playing for a club that's just as big as any club 
there are in England so he, he you know he doesn't feel he, he's playing against an English team he has to do something special um, he, he feels really really happy at Celtic and believes he can he can reach the top here in paradise I always feel when he plays he does look as if he wants to do something special because he knows he's got that in his locker and I always think for a young guy he, he comes across as uh, very confident not not arrogant at all but just really really self-assured mm. that he knows that he's got ability but he's so far with us he's kind of matched that on, on the park and, and I think it's quite interesting when you hear a guy as young as that talking and talking with a, a wee bit of confidence about him I quite like that I think being involved at uh, you know say a club like Manchester City and you know who are just massive and constantly acquiring some of the biggest players in the world, you need to probably do need to cultivate a kind of personality at some point, even as a young stage, at a young age. And obviously he's played for different teams in England, so he's probably had to kind of fight his way up and improve himself. Um, but it's interesting that in the interview that that whole kind of topic about uh, you know as an Englishman coming up to play for Celtic and what that can do for his his future uh, and it you know it, it talks about how Celtic are regarded really in, uh, uh, in the English leagues and it's really nice for Patrick you know to say that that he feels quite rightly he's playing at a club that is as big if not bigger than any of the teams in England and of course is he's playing under Brendan Rodgers who obviously is a, a well-known figure down in England and uh, Patrick as well spoke about his excitement at playing under a manager who's got a, a, a track record in bringing through young players we've mm. spoken already about in the podcast and uh, one young player at Celtic who he's obviously firm friends with is, is Kieran Tierney and you know it was quite funny as well to see how, how well they've become uh, got on since uh, Patrick joined up in, at Celtic Park I mean obviously their ages are similar but it's, it's quite a strange friendship I would have thought in, in paper because you know Patrick's so relaxed he's into his rap music he's got his dog he's like, from England everything like quite a different background from uh, Kieran you know coming from Wisher and like the sort of motherwell area and they're a Celtic fan all his life uh, but the two of them seem to have hit it off and I was reading your piece with uh, Kieran Tierney in the view you know it's uh, Kieran was playing all the Rod Stewart music and Patrick was singing along to all the words so it seems as if they, they are kind of kindred spirits Yeah, uh, interesting I thought, I thought the, the choice of music was quite interesting as well for a young guy which I was quite impressed was, I think an eclectic mix uh, was how Patrick described it um, I think Kieran's been bringing some new musical ideas to the table for Patrick <laughs> so yeah, I think it was uh, for those who were uh, staying around uh, Patrick and, and Kieran in, in Slovenia I think they had an interesting experience hearing mm. these sounds emanating from the room mm-hmm. it's, it's good to have the you know to see the two players kind of spark up that friendship because it's something that you know the captain Scott Brown always talks about team unity and team spirit and if these kind of young players can do it off their own back you know just becomes pals with each other then it, it really does help with the team spirit because you know if a young player breaking into the team at Celtic you can only imagine how daunting that can be especially when there's guys who's been there for such a long time real senior players and real big characters you might want to kind of sit in the background and you know not really come forward but having a friendship probably does help you bed into the team you know you've got a you've got a pal that you can rely on so it's good for the future for them and the two of them I think the two of them play in really tough positions because they're out wide and, and I think Martin Gregg was on last week's podcast described the, the winger's role and 
at Celtic one of the the toughest because you're right out there and you're in front of the, you know the fans are right on top of you and mm-hmm. it's the same with Cairn down down that left wing I think the two of them cope with it really well. It's, it's been great watching Patrick actually over the past six months I mean, the, the tail end of last season. He was one of the players I think really got the fans off their feet and it was bizarre that. You know, it's, so much of his game seems to be, uh, you know, cutting in from the right hand side and switching on to his left foot, which is almost telegraphed at times to other players. But he always managed to get away with it and always managed to beat players and come to the end of the season scored some pretty fantastic goals as well. And I think that's crucial as well for this season, Martin. The fact he's got that six months under his belt, you know, having the eighteen month loan spell here at Celtic means that. He's now uh, fitted into the club, he knows the demands, he knows the expectations, he's comfortable in his surroundings, so we're going to get the full benefits for the full season. It's not like you're signing someone in loan mm-hmm. and they do take a few months to bed in. He's had that already, he's had a pre-season under his belt under the new manager, so I think we're just going to see uh, Patrick Roberts that's going to be even better this campaign, of course, he's still a young player and, and learning his game, so yeah. I think a lot to be excited about from, from Patrick this season. Definitely, and as you touched on, Paul, he talks really confidently uh, about you know, potential matches in Europe and everything like that. So he certainly has his his goals set and although say that the tone of his voice might not sound as if he's really excitable or anything, it seems as if he is actually excited about the season ahead. Yeah, and I think, you know, just touching what Mark said the fact that he's, he's got a longer period alone rather than just the six months it's 18 months he kind of feels like a Celtic player and I think you can see the fact he's got a proper pre-season with us then I think the full season I think we'll see even more from him which I think is quite exciting for all of us This is a Celtic View Podcast You're listening to the Celtic View Podcast This is the Celtic View Podcast This is the Celtic View Podcast <laughs> Hello, I'm Paul Cuddihy, editor of the Celtic View, and joining me for this section of the podcast, Celtic, Celtic, that's the team for me, is the club's supporter liaison officer, John Paul Taylor. John Paul, thanks for joining us on the Celtic View podcast. Pleasure, Paul. Thank you for asking me. And my first question for all the guests is, what's your earliest memory of Celtic? My earliest memory of Celtic is probably about 1971, when I can remember my dad bringing me here, and it was a midweek game at probably went in weekend games but the first one that really strikes me is a midweek game we played Jusch Pestoza I'm pretty certain it was the European Cup and I always thought that we won 1-0 but it turns out we actually drew one each so I only remember the Celtic goal but that was my first experience of Celtic and just the fact of coming and the crowds and the people and the noise and everything else that goes along with it um, it was great I loved it no, I know uh, after a certain age, gentlemen aren't supposed to be asked their age, but I'm going to ask you, what age were you in 1971? And then people will be able to figure that out. Yeah, I was six in 1971. I was six years of age, so probably like a lot of kids nowadays, that was my... That was me just getting introduced to Celtic for the first time. Um, my first cup final was 1972 against Hibs, the 6-1-1. But as I say, just you know, coming along with my dad that night, I was just wanted to go to every single game, every week. And when you were growing up, uh, obviously coming to Celtic from an early age who would have been your Celtic hero growing up? Kenny Dalglish Kenny Dalglish without doubt I just every game I just wanted to come and see Kenny Dalglish to the point where I would actually really got upset if he didn't score or more importantly if my dad left early and Kenny Dalglish scored and I never seen the Kenny Dalglish goal and then I wouldn't talk to him but Kenny Dalglish was without doubt my hero um, I still remember the day he signed or left us to go to Liverpool and 
I was a paper boy at that time, so I remember getting my papers in the morning and just seeing it in the front page that he was away, and just horror, horror struck me. Um, the fact that he had left for four hundred and forty thousand. Incredible. Never forget it. I know, but Kenny was my hero. He really was. He was a terrific player for Celtic. Great footballer anyway, but for Celtic, fantastic. Just some of the goals I seen him score and some of the things that he did just made you want to come to Celtic Park every week. When you talk about Kenny, and obviously from that era when you watched Celtic all the way through, there's been some great players, but if you had the chance to go back prior to, to those 1971, is there a Celtic player you, you would love to have seen in his prime? Charlie Tully, I think. Charlie Tully probably because my dad always spoke about Charlie Tully. Charlie Tully was my dad's kind of hero, he's his Celtic hero. Um, and again, probably like most people's dads, they told them about or they told me about things that Charlie Tully done that just sounded unbelievable, you know, like, the, you know, the corner kick at Falkirk, and then, no, it's not a goal, retake it, and then scored it again. You know, that type of thing. So I think from that point of view, he sounded like a bit of an entertainer and a bit of a character. So I think if anybody, I would really like to have seen Charlie Tully. I think he would be the one that would have excited me. Now, I know there's probably few Celtic games that you've missed over the last four decades, but... Is it possible to put you on the spot and ask you what your favourite Celtic game? Easy, the 4-2 game. Easy, honestly. That was, again, you know, my, my memories are still very, very clear of that day. Being at school, I went to St Pat's in Coatbridge and I knew one or two of the guys at school were going to the game. It was a Monday night, obviously replayed. I've not replayed, but it had been postponed, so it had been rescheduled to the end of the season. And it was all or nothing. And at that particular time I think I would have been 14 so as you can imagine 14 you're going to the Celtic Rangers game it's one and one the league it's everything I mean that game was everything and then of course the way the game unfolded to go a goal behind to get a man sent off to equalise to go to one up and not only for Rangers then equalise late in the game and a draw does them because a draw would have won it for them only for us then to go back up with 10 men go 3-2 and then 4-2 Without doubt, the best, the best ever. It was amazing. And I suppose because of the, the so little footage of that game, it must be great to have those memories with you. It is, aye, definitely, because I can still remember it very vividly. I can I can remember it very clearly. I was in the Celtic end, quite close to the front of the Celtic end. Um, and I can still even remember some of the people that i seen. I remember seeing one of the guys from school, um, George McAleer, who I've probably never even seen since, but I can still remember seeing him on that night as well. Um, so it was very, very clear. Um, but because there was, there, was, there was very limited footage of it, then I've still got all those memories, which I dare say a lot of people would wish. I know people that were at the game who left early so they could go home and see it on TV and missed all the celebrations, missed everything. Never leave early. And never leave early, never. But I know guys that done it and, well, there's a lesson. Never leave early. Absolutely. Now, we've talked about heroes from the, the present, the past, etc. But is, is there a, a maybe a much maligned Celt that, that you would like to leap to the defence of? The one that's that kind of sticks out for me and again it goes back to my younger days when I was supporting Celtic and it's not that he didn't have a great career he had a really really good career at Celtic and played some top games but I always felt he got unfairly criticised when I used to go to games as a kid and it was Tommy Callaghan Tommy Callaghan always seemed to get the blame for things that I didn't think were fair I, I thought Tommy Callaghan was actually a very good player and I'm sure he was a very good player obviously through his, his record at Celtic but I always 
I always kind of felt sorry for him because I always felt everybody was getting on at him. So what I would just like to say, everybody that used to go on to Tommy Callaghan, Tommy Callaghan was a cracking player for Celtic and he was just misunderstood. He didn't get him. He was years ahead of his time. But for me, I Tommy Callaghan got unfair press. He, he didn't deserve it and he, I really liked him. I thought he was a smashing player. And the only player that Jockstein ever signed twice. Oh really? Signed up for the family and then of signed up for Celtic. I, of so course, I well, exactly. A... It tells you that he must have had something anyway. And I don't mean it in a way that like Tommy wasn't a good player because he was. I just always remember going coming to games when I was young and people used to oh moaning and moaning. It was always seemed to be Tommy that got it. So I just want to go on the record and say, Tommy, I never moaned at you. I was. I always backed you up. Well, listen, I'll be absolutely delighted if he's listening to the Celtic View podcast. I hope he is. Thanks very much, John Paul, for joining us. And uh, join us again next time for Celtic Celtic. That's the team for me on the Celtic View podcast. So there you are. Everything you need to know about this week's Celtic View and more in this week's Celtic View podcast. Now, be sure to pick up this week's magazine to read the full versions of all the interviews you heard in this week's pod, as well as an exclusive in-depth chat with Celtic manager Brendan Rodgers, who talks about the coming game against Leicester City at the weekend that you heard Patrick Roberts speaking about. Now, we've also got two tickets up for grabs for that game for one lucky reader, and that's in this week's magazine. And don't forget, you can also download the view digitally by searching Magster Celtic View online. The Celtic View is the voice of the champions, and until next time, hail, hail. Hail, hail.